Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. Today we are going to look at cash management strategies my father likes. Berkshire Hathaway's latest letter in light of the recent meeting at Omaha and chat GPT causes a ruckus. Thank you, Catherine, for that introduction. And so it is at the top, we talk about cash management strategies in many ways, we can't talk about this enough. There was once a time where I cared li very little about cash management strategies. That time was when interest rates were low. And whether you had your money at Bank XYZ or ABC, eh, you're not leaving that much on the table. Boy, howdy, have the times have changed. So I want to talk about something I learned this week and also what options you have if you're at a broker that isn't that great on their default cash provisions for you, the investor. So I first want to talk about, let's just, this is a little information flow. Did you know, listener, that the default cash option for those at Vanguard Group, a brokerage house that I do recommend, they will default you into a money market fund, ticker symbol VMFXX. Now, that yield today, as we write this, it's around 4.96-ish. Okay, that may have been yesterday. I can double check. Four. Oh, it's at 5 now. Wow, as of recording, it's at 5.00. So that's the default cash position. So if you're at Vanguard and you have a brokerage account there and you're also at a bank, that isn't paying you as well. And even some of these online banks now, it used to not be the case. Increasingly, they're falling behind. My own online bank, Capital One 360, is one of those falling behind. So I myself am having to make choices in my head about, okay, do I need to more aggressively you know, move money out of the bank in the money market? Is it really worth it based on the dollar amount? These are all questions you, investors, should be asking yourself. And now, how does that work practically? Some of you, like me, may use a cash management app like YNAB, acronym you need a budget, or you just may like the organization that you have at your bank. The ease of use, what I want you to know, listener, is it's really not that hard. So if you are at Vanguard, and if you're not, I'm gonna tell you what else you can do. You can link the account, whereby in about two days time, business days, you can move money back and forth. So you could park, for example, an emergency fund at this Vanguard money market. You're getting 5%. You're certainly not getting that at the big boy brick and mortar, JP Morgan, unless you kind of negotiate a special deal over there or Bank of America or Wells Fargo. But there's no special deal needed at Vanguard and you get the 5% without having to hop around because what has happened is folks who've latched on to a online bank, that online bank may or may not have high yields that are favorable for your money, whereas the Vanguard Money Market Fund has perennial yield leadership and has for some time. So you know that when you move money there, you're really not going to have to hop around a whole lot more. So, and you may have other goals as well, right? So let's say you're saving up for a car, maybe a down payment on a home, maybe your emergency fund. Well, if you shove it all at Vanguard and you put it all in this money market fund, will you be confused when you see this amorphous blob of money and be tempted to invest it or 
think you have more money than you have. Well, hopefully not. Some people know, but for others, it may be helpful just to have an Excel file where you just say, all right, let's, let's organize this money on Excel. Vanguard won't know it, but you'll just know, hey, if I put in X amount of money, 20% that's for the car, 40% is for a down payment, et cetera. You kind of make it organized so that when you and your family look at that money, you say, oh, wow, this money's spoken for. This is not some pot of money that uh, we can just go and buy a JSX flight to Cabo kind of soak our toes in the sand, eating guacamole and some of those good crispy chips. Not what it's for. Might be what it's for if you have a vacation bucket. Probably not. So if you are not at Vanguard, and that's okay. I work for a ton of folks at different places like Charles Schwab, like TD Ameritrade, which is soon soon to be Schwab, um, E-Trade. There are just a whole host of these discount brokers. They're increasingly similar in that they don't charge for commissions, but they do gate meaning when I say gate, they will fence the type of products you can buy without commission. And they don't like Vanguard mutual funds. So they might charge you $75 per trade to buy Vanguard mutual fund because they want you to buy their money market mutual fund, which is fine. Schwab has has ones that are decent. Um, and I guess TD, once it moves to Schwab, will do. But if you find yourself in a position where you just don't like the options, there are exchange-traded funds you can buy for short-term cash as well. Lots of them whole host of them. I've talked about them on this podcast. There's one with limited, here we go class, big word, we can handle this, duration risk. Duration risk in its simplest form is the risk that you lose value when interest rates increase. Okay? So if you own 30-year bonds, you're going to have maybe more duration risk when, when rates go up and up and up. But if you have really short duration instruments like one year, which this this uh, Vanguard Ultra Short Bond Fund is, ticker VUSB, there's really very minimal interest rate or duration risk. And you get a yield that's pretty good. So the yield's actually not so different from money market. So if you have a choice, I probably would just go with the money market. But if you don't, here you go. Oh, and this, I've never seen this before. This is fresh off the press. This is why you listen to the Major Market Update today. VUSB yields 4.99 and the Vanguard money market yields 5%. So they're basically at parity. Whoa, I had not seen that in a while. That has not been the case um, since today. So things are changing. So, but, it, but it's so close that if you're at somewhere else and they don't have it, it's great. It's a great tool for you. Also, and this is a, I was taught this by a client this week. So clients, please know. You can teach your advisor something. Did you know that? And he appreciates it. I was alerted to the presence of a yield vehicle that was actually superior in this particular case for a client because of their particular tax situation. And I'll just tell you, if you are in a high tax bracket, the highest of tax brackets, you make a lot of money, your incremental dollar is taxed at the highest rate. It is worth looking into money market mutual funds that are municipal and not regular money market funds. Now, what's municipal? These are government agencies that the federal government has dictated. No, we will not take federal income tax from these entities, the interest they pay on their debt instruments. Wow. Well, there's something called, again, $5 world here, word here, we can handle it, 
after-tax yield, okay? Tax-equivalent yield, right? That's another way of saying it, tax-equivalent yield. So in some cases, it may be that even though the yield on the screen looks lower than that 5%, on a tax-equivalent basis, if you're in the highest of, of rates, you may look down and say, oh, okay, it's actually higher because of my particular tax situation. Now, it's going to change a lot. So there are going to be seasons, and this, this one snuck up on me because I just I didn't check it for a season, right? So right now, this is today, and it was different than I would look at with the, with the client, but it's 5.22% is the tax equivalent yield. Its actual yield is 3.14%, okay? so this, And this I don't expect you just to digest this all via the podcast. This is worth maybe being on the Google machine or asking me at our next meeting, hey, Robert, in my, in my situation, do I... Am I fit for this? Should I be looking at this tax equivalent yield money market deal or, or not? I mean, I think historically I have not done it because I like um, solutions with a great deal of permanence. And it has not always been the case that um, it was that advantageous. And I like people just to go with easy. Easy works. They can stick with easy. But in this case, hey, 5.22% verse 5. All right. If you're going to be in the brokerage account anyway, and this is, I'm actually, this is a Fidelity product, um, Fidelity Municipal Money Market, ticker FTEXX. Uh, well, okay. This may just be something you just have to watch, though, right? If you hold this, just keep an eye on it. If that, that tax equivalent yield dips below the um, yield on the, the other instrument, just you're going to switch it up. But uh, be willing to look into this. Be willing to spend a little time... Um, Go ahead and shoot me an email or our next meeting if, if you want to look at this. There are a lot, of, and I will say this, one size does not fit all. So if we got all the Robert Hunt Financial clients in a room and everyone were comparing their notes on the cash management strategies I prescribed to them, they're actually not the same. And I'm actually using your personal proclivity to administration and change, and I'm also using your just aptitude and abilities and desire to to, to implement changes and how, how difficult your banking situation is or not. So be willing, though, to look into this thing because it's worth it in the long run. Uh, you will find some money on the ground that's actually worth picking up. And next on our list, Berkshire Hathaway. So to this couple days ago, we had uh, a just torrent of YouTube clips with Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett in Omaha for the Woodstock for Capitalism, where they allow for, I think it's 60 or so questions, it's a lot, about business and Berkshire and all the rest. And uh, there were some great one-liners by both of them. But what it caused me to do is look back in, at their letter, which actually came out in, in February, and see if there were nuggets in there that we could resurface uh, because there's such wisdom in what Munger and Buffett have to say. And the questions that can come when I listen to Buffett or when I listen to Munger, when I read this um, is, gosh, can I be like these guys? Should we be like these guys? Because as you know, we're, if you're a Robert Hunt Financial Market Update purist, you're a market cap index fund investor. You're actually not picking stocks. Hmm, but is it not the case that Warren and Charlie are picking stocks? Well, what I found to be a great encouragement 
when I was leafing through the letter again today after watching a lot of these clips was that what Buffett attributes to his outsized success, which is considerable, over his decades and decades and decades long investing journey is actually very few decisions. Meaning, meaning, he had a lot of duds. A lot of duds. And he, and he mentions that in, in this letter. Hey, I, I messed up a lot. A whole lot. But just 12 decisions or so, 12 decisions or so, can be attributed to that outside success. That's, in his, in his words, about one decent decision every five years. Wow. And he goes on to say, the market, the public market, it can be inefficient and it can offer opportunities for the investor. In fact, that's a great deal of what him and Mr. Munger do. But is this replicable for us, the investor? Should we look at Warren and look at Charlie and say, okay, they seem to have had this outside success. Is this something we can do? In fact, there was a whole group of folks that will just mimic their stock picking behavior. So when they buy a stock XYZ and they have to disclose it as they do, boom, they're coming in behind them buying the exact same stocks. Well, why don't we do that? Why are we such duffel puds and just buying the Luddites index? We're not just copying Bubba and Munger. Well, I'll tell you, I think it would be a very difficult strategy to implement and stick with. For one, they're 92 and 99 years old. So it's a strategy that can't be long for this world, although I'm delighted to see them continue, despite all the Coke and C's candy they eat. But there are times where, in that five-year period, where Warren mentions that, hey, we just kind of one good idea for five years, there are going to be some absolute duds, and there were. And he talks about Solomon Brothers being a dud. I believe it was uh, an airline he bought. But there's also, he bought a whole host of airlines before COVID. I don't know if you recall this. It was he bought them all basically. American, Southwest, just bought, 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 and sold them all at a loss. Had you followed him into that, you would have lost. And then we don't have we don't have the uh, the mindset of the staying power of Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger. Can you imagine one decision every five years? Like, are you capable of that? Am I capable of that? It was U.S. Air that was it was the uh, was the airline that went down. I don't think so. What, but so what I tell people is, okay, so if we can't copy that, right, it's like having Steph Curry tell us, hey, shooting threes is easy. You just get outside the defender and shoot. Well, it's easy for you, Steph, and it's not easy for us. Um, what can we copy? If we can't copy the stock picking, and the Spiro report tells us 95% of stock pickers do fail to beat the index, what can we copy? Permanence, longevity. It tells these great stories about Coca-Cola in the letter and, uh, and uh, American Express about how he buys these companies and has just held them since August of 94 was when Berkshire completed its seven-year purchase of 400 million shares of Coca-Cola. Total cost at 1.3 billion and the dividend they receive now is 704 million a year. It's grown every year. But they had to hold it. A lot of people sold out. A lot of people sold out. Not them. American Express, same story. So it's that permanence. They just stuck with it. Well, hey, I can do that. You can do that. That's That, that to me is the secret sauce. They were able to stick with it. So, Let's copy Buffett where we can and then just applaud him where we can't. So you and I should not be waiting for a once every five year idea. I'm, Buffett's spending 60, 70 hours a week with incredible deal flow 
and once every five years. But what we should copy is, let's be as tax efficient as he is, not buying and selling haphazardly. Let's have the permanence. Let's stick with things as long as he does, not hopping in and out of securities. And let's have the patience that he does. We can, that can be our alpha, if you will, that kind of alpha, that Greek letter showing, hey, is there, is, what's the secret sauce? What's that risk-adjusted return? Well, it, it, that's what we can copy. And we should be wary of people who say, hey, I'm, I'm the next Warren Buffett, or hey, I've, I've got the Warren Buffett skills, follow me. And in the letter, there were some great Charlie Munger thoughts. I, I'll just do a few of them. Um, but they're all, they're all funny. He's great. Um, and they say that this Ben Graham quote was a great one. Day to day, the stock market is a voting machine. In the long term, it's long term, it's a weighing machine. If you keep making something more valuable, then some wise person is going to notice and start buying. There is no such thing as a 100% sure thing when investing. Thus, the use of leverage is dangerous. A string of wonderful numbers times zero will always equal zero. Don't count on getting rich twice. You don't, however, need to own a lot of things in order to get rich. You have to keep learning if you want to become a great investor. When the world changes, you must change. Warren and I hated railroad stocks for decades, but the world changed, and finally the country had four huge railroads of vital importance to the American economy. We were slow to recognize the change, but better late than never. So, great wisdom from these folks. And then our last article in closing, ChatGPT is causing a stock market ruckus. It's early days for generative AI, but the tool has caused a stir. Investors race to assess the rise of artificial intelligence, a possible iPhone moment by Charlie Grant. I want us all to just appreciate that this is happening right now, not as much in the public stock market, although I'm seeing it. There's a company, NVIDIA, whose uh, price to earnings multiple is sky high and who has the expectations uh, baked in about artificial intelligence. But what I foresee is this potentially being a late 90s type mania with great uh, potential for human flourishing, but also a great opportunity for people to lose money and lots of it. So it would not shock me if when oil prices are $120, people have a lot of oil deals. When real estate's hot, uh, cap rates are low, uh, which is the way people value real estate, some of them. A lot of real estate deals are flourishing. Well, when artificial intelligence is in the news cycle, the um, salespeople, financial salespeople know that you are reading this and therefore they're going to come out with some products for you to buy. So this is your Robert Hunt Financial warning to not touch it. Uh, we have no idea which one of these artificial intelligence companies will win. Uh, there was a, definitely an interesting uh, thing that happened in the market where a technology company, Chegg, the article uh, explains, fell 48% after the study materials company said the rise of ChatGPT was harming its ability to attract new customers. Because people can use ChatGPT now in ways that Chegg previously served them. Well, that's a big deal. Um, there will be other more profound changes in companies and in their products and uh, the creative destruction of capitalism will probably accelerate in this area and you might be scared. I'm here to tell you not to be and that your decision, should you have made it, to purchase a market capitalization weighted index fund is chat GPT proof. Uh, why is that? It's just the elegance of the simplicity of the investment. Uh, you are going to benefit from the dynamism of this product. You are going to benefit from artificial intelligence to, to the degree it even 
uh, changes our world. I think it will, but no one knows for sure. You actually don't need to make any crazy moves. You can actually stick with it. Who knew that sermon was coming to you here on the Robert Flange Market Update? Yeah, just stick with it. So, as always, keep your